Welcome back to the Lifted Warrior Podcast, where once a week I impart wisdom and strength on daily issues in biblical principles. I am so excited. Um, we are still in our Modeled After Jesus series. We are coming up to the end of it, but we're still in it. Um, last week, we talked about being able to submit yourself to the Word of God. And this week, we're dealing with once you've submitted yourself to that to that Word, now it's being able to die to it. So let's go ahead and hit it off, man. So are you willing to die for what you believe? In our westernized view of Christianity, this is something that's really extreme. We don't see this a lot. However, on the you know Middle Eastern side or you know parts of Asia as well, this is something that these people are faced with daily. They're faced with death for what they say they believe. So I ask again, are you willing to put your life on the line, on the line for what you believe? Now, again, I know this is the far extreme, but are you willing to give up your current way of life, your reputation, your freedom, or your comfortability for what God is truly calling you to? So let me be clear when I say this, like you're going to have to die in some type of way in order to properly fulfill the call, properly fulfill the purpose that God has on your life. The current version of who you are will have to fall away and you will have to become a new person. The best way for me to example this for you guys is if you look at the life of a caterpillar going into a butterfly, this thing has to literally wrap itself in its own casket, basically. And what happens when it's in this cocoon, it's literally killing itself and turning itself into this like sludge almost of like dead cells or cells that it's using to make its new body. But what happens on the other side of that, after it goes through that process, the caterpillar goes from something that it's not looked at often, that's even overlooked, stepped on, walked over into something that a lot of people stop and take notice of the beauty of it. The same thing is going to happen to you. The same thing happens to us during this process as we lay down our lives, as we give up ourselves for who God has called us to be. Yes, it's a hard process. That transformation, that death is not pretty. It's not something that we want to do. But on the other side of that is something that God gets the glory out of. And it's something that's really beautiful. Your, your life who you turn into versus who you were before is a major difference. So again, you're going to have to put yourself in a place where you're willing to die in order to transform and truly become who God has, who God has made you to be. And just like the butterfly, again, it's going to make you into something that is beautiful. It's going to make you into something that's great. It's going to make you into something that everybody stops and looks at. It doesn't matter who you are. You stop and notice a butterfly. It doesn't matter what what age group you are, where you come from, what your background is. You're going to stop and notice a butterfly. But nobody notices it when it's a caterpillar because it's on their feet. And the same thing is going to happen for you as you die to your will, as you die to the things that God is you know, processing through you. The same thing is going to happen to you. So why do we have to die? The old you must die because you were born of flesh. You were born of flesh as, as, as you know, there's no other <laughs> way to put it, but you were born of flesh and this flesh doesn't want to serve God. It doesn't want to serve the purpose that God has on your life. It wants to serve itself. And so you've been living your whole life. You've been living, you know, since you were born up into the decision that you decided to follow God, you've been following your flesh. 
Now, you may have had other people who were coming in and giving you ideas, who were coming in and giving you wisdom and understanding on certain topics. But in the at the grand scheme of it, the grand overall process of it, you were following the works of your flesh and the Holy Spirit and the flesh cannot coincide in one. You're either going to serve flesh or you're either going to serve God. You can't do both. The Bible even says that, you know, no man can serve two masters. If you're not willing to die, but you're also saying at the same time that you want to follow God, you're trying to serve two people. You're trying to serve your flesh. You're trying to serve your own desires while also trying to serve the desires of the God who created you. And so when you come into this place where now you've decided to follow Christ, it's a battle. It's a battle for what's going to win each day. And the only way you win that battle if you truly say you want to follow Christ, the only way you win that battle is by killing yourself daily. Paul said, I beat my flesh daily. He he consecrated himself daily. Now, I don't mean you actually taking, you know, a knife and whatever and actually scraping your, your flesh. But what I mean is that the things that you know aren't fruitful to your walk with Christ, the things that you know that God is calling you away from, the things that you know that you shouldn't be doing. Those are the things that we have to kill off. Those are the things that we have to consecrate ourselves, consecrate our hearts, consecrate our minds, consecrate our bodies to a way where we're no longer moved by those things. Or even if we are tempted to buy it, that we no longer submit ourselves to those things. And again, refusing to kill this is going to lead to a double mindedness It's going to lead to you following God on one day or in one minute. And then in the next minute, following your flesh, it's going to lead to you praying in one minute, being able to speak the word of God in one minute. And then in the next minute, falling to, to your flesh, to the desires, whatever that is, because you're trying to serve two things. And even in this, you're going to become more frustrated. You're going to, it's going to begin to cause schisms even in your own mind, because what it does is it creates two voices that you're trying to follow. And so you're trying to follow the voice of God while also trying to follow the voice of flesh. And those two can't coincide together. They don't serve the same purpose. So knowing why we have to die, knowing that it's a beautiful thing if you do die, then how did Jesus himself allow himself to die? Because the, the cross is the easiest thing to go to. I'm, I'm not even going to look at that. I'm going to give you two other examples. The first one is him actually being born. In, the, in John 1, 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. To better explain this, right, in the science arena, it can be argued that one's death begins when they're born. So again, in the in the scientific arena, it can be argued that one's death begins when they're born. So when Jesus decided that he would be the one to come down and be the savior for us, he decided for death then. He decided for death when he became when he came out of his eternal state and wrapped himself in this fleshly state. He chose death. So him choosing death in that way gave birth to a ministry and a revealing of God that we had never seen before. Before we had seen God come and rest on people, we've seen God come and rest on inanimate objects, but we've never seen God come and be fully wrapped in the flesh of a being. Before, you know, major prophets and kings and, and you know, they loved God and they obeyed him, but never were we able to see someone where God literally dwelt within them and he within uh, God literally dealt within them and they dwelt within God constantly. When Jesus first committed himself to death by coming down into the body and being made man, his death allowed us to bear witness 
of God without dream, without vision, or without coming in contact with an inanimate object. And the same thing is true for you. Like when you truly allow yourself to die and be in God's will and obey his plans for your life, you're allowing yourself to then be a representation, be a, a image for other people to see God, to witness God, to be able to touch God, to be able to commune with him. When Jesus comes on the scene, his entire life became a prophecy of what would be available to those who submit to the understanding and authority of who he is and choose to die to themselves. The second way that Jesus chose death was to his own desires. And we see this in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. When Jesus is being tempted on, you know, after coming out of his fast and in the wilderness with the tempter, we see the tempter tempt him in three different ways. And I'm gonna go through all of them. But in order to better understand this, I think we have to first look at what the word tempt means. And it means to try or test one's faith, virtue, character by enticing them to sin or to solicit them to sin, to tempt or, you know, of the temptations of the devil. So when I was looking through this, one thing that God really showed me was that in order for there to be a temptation, there first has to be a pull. There has to be a desire. If you don't have a desire to do something, it's not a temptation. If you don't have a desire to smoke and somebody offers you a blunt, that's not temptation. That's just something you're not even going to bat your eyes at. So the first thing that the, that the tempter tempts him with is bread because he's fasted for 40 days. He's coming out of a 40 day fast and he tempts him with the very thing that all of us would want. As soon as we come out of our 40, out of a 40 day fast, he tempts him with bread. He said, if you be the son of man, command these stones be made bread. And Jesus responds with the word. But as he's responding with the word, he's dying to his own desire. The second desire that the, the tempter tempts him with is the desire to get off the cross. And I, I know you're saying like, yeah, that that ain't really what he was doing there. But let me show you. The Bible says that the tempter took him to the holy city and to the temple and the pinnacle of the temple. A pinnacle is the highest point of a building. So as it concerns temples today, this is also where we normally put the cross on our on our temples, on temples of, of Jesus. And so what the what the tempter was trying to do, he said, if you be, you know, if you be son of man, you know, cast yourself down and the angels will follow you. But what Jesus knew was that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So he 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 responds to that again by saying it is written that you should not tempt your Lord your God. But he was also dying to his desire to get off the cross because we saw that he didn't want to get on that cross. We saw it in the, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. We saw that he said, if anything else be possible, let it happen. But that's not that's not how it played out. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I think we see it right here is a direct parallel and a poetic, a poetic parallel to what he did in the garden. He died to himself for the will of God. And then the third desire was the promise. The last thing that the tempter did was brought him up, showed him all the nations of the earth. And he wanted to tempt him with his purpose. Jesus already knew that he would have the keys to the entire world. He knew that he would, you know, walk the earth for his 33 years and then die on a cross and be lifted up and gain power and access over all of these things. What the devil was trying to tempt him with was getting that thing prematurely or getting it without the process or, and also getting it without setting a proper plan in place for his mission to go forth after he walked away. So Jesus knowing all of these things 
And again, like I said, in order for there to be a temptation, there has to be a desire. And I know it sounds crazy where you're saying like, man, God wasn't God tempted by this stuff. He wasn't phased by this stuff. But again, you know, the Bible even says that our, we, we're not without a high priest who was not tempted just like in all ways, but without sin. So we know that these things were actual temptations for him. There was an actual pull for him to do these things. But in, instead of doing that, he said no and chose even to die then. And like I said, knowing this, we know that we have a high priest who chose to die. How then was, must we die? And the first thing is to lay down our own previous idea about our life, our own previous idea about our purpose and what God has made for us. A lot of us are chasing after things, even in the body of Christ, you know, people who are seasoned. A lot of us are chasing after things that aren't necessarily our purpose. We're chasing after things that aren't God's plan for our life. But then also we're chasing after things that we see. So it's, it's people who've given up the thing that they wanted to chase after the, after in the world because they know that's not God's plan for them. But now, instead of really submitting to that plan, they're saying, well, hey, the, I like the I like the purpose that God put on that person. I want to be like that person. And so I'm going to chase after that. When God didn't say none of that. If we be real, pro- God probably said, don't do that. Because you don't have the same process that they went through. And we, we're chasing after something, not knowing the process that went behind it. But we got to die to that thing. We got to die to our own selfish ambitions. And the second the second thing, the second point I want to hit on as it concerns to laying down your previous idea or thought about your life or your purpose is that when you begin to get the revelation and understanding on what it is that God has called you to do, lean into it. And I'm not saying the first inkling that you get, go and run out and do it. No, what I'm saying is once you start to hear that thing that God is calling you to, begin to lean into that, begin to pray into that, begin to you know dig deeper into that, begin to get more understanding and more revelation on what it is that God is saying about that thing. And then the second thing, again, I already kind of hit on it, but you got to die to your own personal and selfish desires. Even as you begin to pursue what it is that God has desired for you, you, you have to lay that thing back at his feet because what will happen is... You know, God can say, hey, you're a preacher, you're a pastor, you X, Y, Z, right? And then now you're going out there and chasing that thing. And you're not submitting that back to God. And God's not the one that's doing the work for you. You're you're doing the work. Now you're striving. Now you're toiling. Now you're working after something versus being a son of him, listening to him, following his plan for your life and allowing him to elevate you, allowing him to process you, allowing him to develop you in the way that you need to be developed. So we got to die to this. We got to die to our previous ideas. We got to die to our own selfish desires. And then how we put, how do you put that in application? I, I gave you a little bit of application about, you know, leaning into that thing, praying about it, all this other stuff, right? I'm going to give you three steps. First, if you don't know your purpose or you, you know, you just trying to ask God, you, you're trying to figure it out. Cool. That's fine. Pray and re- really pursue God about that. And then also while you're praying and pursuing God about that, begin to look at the rest of your life. Begin to look at everything that led up to that point. I promise you, you'll find a a common thread through that, right? Case in point, I think of myself, like my common thread is, you know, I'm, I'm really called to teach, teach the gospel of Christ. That's it. But if I look at the, the thread of my life, all throughout my life, I've been doing this. When I was in football, if I learned something, I was helping the rest of my teammates learn it. When I was in a, when I was, you know, um, when I was really heavy into weightlifting and, 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 you know, building my body, when I learned it, I, I went and got certified so I could help other people learn it. And then the same thing with this, you know, um, when I first really committed myself to Christ and I'm courting my wife, 
I, as I was learning, we was making YouTube videos and helping other people learn. And so that's my call, right? That's the underlying purpose of what God wants to do through my life is to be able to teach others the simple and the foundational things about how to get this thing right, right? So after you, you know, you lean into it, you pray about it and you looked at your life. And now, now after having understanding of that purpose, begin to find ways in order to pursue it. Again, I told you what I did. Like I, it was just a, a common thing for me that once I learned something, I was trying to help the next person learn it. That's my life. And I'm trying to hit the neck. I'm trying to get anybody who I come in contact with to the point that they want to be. So you got to lose yourself in the study of becoming who God has called you to be fully accepted and begin to think of yourself in that same light. Like I, it's a it's a disservice in the kingdom of God right now where everybody's chasing after the after apostleship and profit. But there's there's if you're thinking about the the governing bodies of the of the body of Christ, there's three other things being left out. There's the pastor, there's the evangelist, there's the teacher. But then even even if you're just thinking about you know the congregational ministries, there's the ministry of helps. There's other ministries that need to be fulfilled. And I promise you, I promise you, it, it's it's easier to walk in those things than it is to walk into the. The, the the governing ministries of the body, that's not something that you really want to be chasing after and toiling after. Trust me. And then the last thing is do not bend to the temptation to fall back into old habits or not to change. Like I know it's easy to just fall back into what's comfortable for you. I know it's easy to just fall back into like what you've been doing. That's the easy thing to do. However, you know, you're going to forego so much of your life. You're going to forego so much of who you could have been, what you could have did, who you could have impacted, what God could have did in your life. You're going to forego so much by not being willing to die to those old habits, by not being willing to change. I promise you that's greater on the other side with Christ than there is back in your old life. If it wasn't then, man, why did you change in the first place? Why did you accept Christ in the first place? Then did you accept Christ because you came to a place where you understood that without him, that there was nothing else, or you came to a place where you understood that he had been guarding your life this whole time. So why would you want to go back? And again, I get it. It's easy. It's easy to go back to old habits, especially when storms come and you're thinking, man, like, why did I give my life? But trust me, that's greater on the other side of your processing. That's greater on the other side of this death to yourself, this death to your will, this death to your own selfish desires and got to fill in the gaps, man. Do your best to reach where God wants you to be and then allow him to fill in the gaps. So as we close, man, this is my weekly challenge to you guys. Come up with a plan to follow the purpose that God has placed in your life. It don't have to be big. It's one small step that will lead you down the right path and do it before the week is out. If that is writing a book, come up with the outline. If it's starting a business, research that market. If it's, you know, preaching, teaching the word of God, look up foundational tools to undergird your ministry and buy it. Or if it's full on seminary, start to research the school that you want to go to, the school that you believe aligns with what you what what doctrine you believe and put in an application and then allow God to lead you from there. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening to the podcast. If you want to continue to build your foundation in Christ, I need you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any episode. Also, if you would like to support the ministry, just click the link in the description. Until next week, stay lifted. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening through the podcast. If you want to continue to build your foundation in Christ, 
I need you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you would like to support the ministry, just click the link in the description. Until next week, stay lifted.